Hello, Trash Future listeners. We're doing an extra free one this week because the whole Elon Musk Twitter meltdown took place while we were on tour in Australia. We didn't want to leave you hanging. We recorded an episode with Mike Isaac from the New York Times on the subject. And since the episode went long, we split it into two parts. The second part is available on Patreon, and it's been linked in the show notes. And also, since I've got you here, look for some unlocked Britonology episodes on the free feed and on the $5 tier as well. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this uh, second post-Australia bonus episode of TF. And, you all survived. Uh, None of you got like eaten by any of the like megafauna. Uh, no, no, not a single not, one. Not of from us. lack of trying. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Milo and I saw a huntsman spider, but uh, it was far away. Where do you see the huntsman? In Brisbane, while walking to the venue. Oh, very cool. Yeah, okay. it was great. Um, it's myself and uh, my fellow Australian returnee. Yeah, I'm very sad about it. Um, I I was in Brisbane trying to like find ways to find the swooping bird. I did not find the swooping bird, uh, despite all the warnings saying that I would. I did find it was called a Christmas beetle, and it's like one of the freakiest things I've ever seen. Um, it just like sort of just like fell on my lap and started like freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I imagine to uh, like normal Australian people that would just be like, yeah, normal thing. But for me, it was a pretty traumatic time. Oh, mate, they call it the reverse Santa, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and of course uh, the uh, Australian not returnee uh, is Alice. Of shame. I'm 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 very sad to to have missed Australia, but uh yeah, I'm very hopeful that at some point we can we can come back and and bring me with us. And and the other two Australian returnees uh, both still have plane madness because they stayed for longer. So it is Riley Hussein and Alice. And we are because we are we are talking about um uh Elon Musk finally making comedy legal on Twitter, uh just like he finally um instituted road safety <laughs> across the US by uh making it so that you die if you drive. Uh it is the New York Times' uh tech reporter, Mike Isaac. Mike, how's it going? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm currently being swooped by birds right now, actually. So mm, the if big it, blue if, bird if from there's Twitter. feedback. <laughs> right. Oh Jesus, that is a metaphor. That's like yeah. uh the original swooping bird. Uh, it is kind of weird how, like, in the two weeks that we picked to be on tour and therefore disconnected from, like, the tech news cycle, um, the Elon Twitter thing happens. There's a sort of step change downward in the sort of whole world of crypto imploding. And that happens to be, like, the center of when Matt Hancock is on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. <laughs> yeah, I it was like a sort of, like... It. Yeah, it was like a syzygy, you know, the thing where all the planets line up. It was like a once-in-a-lifetime astronomical event for our podcast specifically, and you were too busy getting attacked by beetles. <laughs> yeah. It was like the one time where we can't really follow the news cycle because it's all live shows well, and everything happens. Well, you would wake up and you sort of go online and like you just get this splurge of like news, right? So you'd get all the sort of mm. Matt Hancock stuff that we sort of kind of understand, but not really. Um, I imagine that we'd have understood the Matt Hancock stuff a lot more if we were sort of experiencing in real time. But you'd sort of wake up and you'd be like, oh, Matt Hancock, like, ate a kangaroo ball. And also he said some things and loads of people are mad at him. 
And I was kind of like, yeah, you know, we like our mat in sort of drips, right? Uh-huh. Like an IV drip. And this was mm. too much. It was like it was like just getting a full shot of the good stuff. It was like too rich for our blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, I realistically, I think my my issue with Matt going on I'm a Celebrity was mainly that you don't need to put him in weird situations for him to be weird. Like mm-hmm. he's true. funny when he's trying to be regular, not when he's like, that's, you know, that's also yeah. true. And, and like people were very surprised that he handled it all quite well. The various like humiliations, eating kangaroo penis, you know, being up to your neck and sewage, things of this nature. And I just think he was, he was very stoic about this um, as part of his like bid to retain or regain popularity. But my mom was a conservative MP. Like, no one who has been exposed to any sort of, like, parliamentary whips uh, is going to be afraid of kangaroo penis. They have, like, been deadened psychologically by, like, <laughs> years of abuse. There's no way that they're being phased by by the kangaroo penis. Yeah, so uh, a strange, a strange uh, series of events happening to a strange man, allowing mm. him to recreate an... Britain's most iconic political ass grab on the bridge out of the torture jungle. Um, I wish him a. Uh, I-, I wish him uh, more. Uh, I'm not sure what I wish be- him anymore. I don't know what I, I wish Matt either. Nothing no, good, no, because he like he might be trying to turn this into a media career, which would be very oh. annoying. No, no, no. Sorry. I, uh, he uh, by, by the perfect to invite like yeah like one of the people who knows everything about the stuff that's going on in Twitter and be like anyway Mike so about Matt Hancock eating the kangaroo <laughs> so, penis. So about our, our, I'm just rolling with it <laughs> about our disgraced former health secretary who went on a game show where he has to eat kangaroo penis for a few weeks yeah but he also sort of became like a bit of I mean I, again I don't know how much of this is true and how much of this is just like media kind of hyping him up but he seems to somehow now be but the, the country seems to be like hancocked like there's no <laughs> yeah, I, better way i don't of know it. if we're hancocked or not i don't know this is the thing i genuinely don't know if he's popular i don't know how to feel about him anymore i feel yeah. quite conflicted about us sort of adopting him as our own son well did we podcast. like I, there was this thing where i was like did we like were we somehow complicit yeah. in all this like did we kind was of it like, like rehabilitate the onion him? diamond joe biden you know <laughs> are we responsible for this which which of the producers and I'm a celebrity get me out of here listens. This is a bonus <laughs> yeah. episode it's safe. Sure you can comment on the Patreon. Yeah. Uh but no it's um I think what's very funny is like he his attempt to become an actual reality TV star because I don't know if you all saw this but he has a plan to like Make a reality show of him, like and like and Gina uh, um, uh, Delicio uh, fixing up uh, ho- like like broken uh, chateaus oh and stuff God. in France, and it's like so much could, and, and it's going to be called Homes with Hancock. And that's his main idea is to do Homes Under the Hammer, <laughs> so but it's cool. Matt Hancock. Okay, you know what? I, I've come around. I do wish him every success. I hope this <laughs> pops off, and I hope he's forever followed around by like you know bereaved families skywriting what an asshole he is. You know. <laughs> I have to apologize for my American brain, but I'm just picturing Will Smith in a beanie going around and fixing French chateaus with kangaroo Matt, Matt Hancock doesn't really fit into like an American physiology. I can't imagine an American Matt Hancock. Like in terms of like if 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 Hollywood did a movie about this, I'm not sure who you would get to play him because I don't think there are American I don't think they make Americans who look like him. He looks um, too too British. I think you would get like if you if you put like James Marsden 
in like a nuclear reactor for a few hours, <laughs> you, yeah. might, who, who, you might who get play, him. Who played him in the um, the Kenneth Branagh Boris movie? Because someone had to have done. Who, uh, whoever that was. Whoever that was, if you're also a listener to the show, uh, write in. Uh, we'd, like yeah. to, we'd like to know how you got into character. Uh, but <laughs> look, look, uh, this is obviously not our main focus for the day. My main question uh, for, uh, for you two, for our audience, and for Mike is, have you dreamed this man? Uh, because uh, the information has released an article saying, Elon Musk made his first speaking appearance in Aaron Nyer's dream life one night in mid-November. Nyer, a developer relations engineer at Google, dreamt that he was inside Twitter's headquarters where he spotted Musk exiting a meeting. He rushed over to the new Twitter order- owner and sounded out Musk's receptiveness to reinstalling Jack Dorsey as CEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is a thing like multiple people across like various tech companies have now been on record as saying I have been dreaming about Elon Musk, which uh, I, I, there's a couple of levels there. First of all. Is Elon Musk like a, a sort of a malign psychic presence? Is one question. <laughs> the other is what sort of like um, you know Qin Empire sort of imperial eunuch is going around soliciting the dreams of like sort of mid-level Google people to see whether they're good portents or not. <laughs> Um, so this is how business is done in America. Actually, it's just <laughs> asking Google engineers who the succession should be. It's, it's a matter of time until Google like hires an augur, you know. <laughs> well, it's a matter of time until Google hires like like a kind of dodgy augur who will like release uh, a, a, a cage of pigeons below augers. the window. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, no, yeah. I, well, I mean, Twitter. Twitter is, after all, the bird website, and eventually, someone's going to have to do augury on it if it dies. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, is it fucked up that I am dreaming about Elon Musk? Like, like, yes. It, it's, but if it, <laughs> thank you, I just needed to know. No, I have been living this guy for a month. That well, at least for this month straight, and then earlier in the year when he was threatening to buy Twitter, and it's. I think this is just. PTSD with work dreams mm. or whatever, but I very much identify with the Google engineer, although I have no opinion on who should be the next CEO after him. If, if, if listeners of this start dreaming about Elon Musk after this, I'm genuinely concerned that we've presented sort of like a cognito hazard here. Uh, well, uh, this, or some. So I, try, like, I try to avoid any like video of Elon Musk or like audio of him talking, just in case he like tries to colonize my psyche. I just kind of presume that this is like the intended effect of Neuralink. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. We got a bunch of monkeys <laughs> to like dream about Elon Musk. <laughs> sort of going for like mysticism on here is, uh, you know, am I dreaming about Elon Musk or is he dreaming about me dreaming about him? You know, the universe <laughs> is contained within the beat of a butterfly's wings. So, Do androids dream of electric sheep? No, they dream of Elon Musk. Uh, so here's. Uh, <laughs> Here's the Android's dream of electric sheep. Uh, yes, the sheep are also on fire. That's right. uh, here's <laughs> yeah, Elon. Uh, one person said they dreamed of Elon running wedding guests over in a Tesla. There he is riding side saddle <laughs> on a horse. He's masterminding a real life Jurassic Park, smirking from a rocket ship, swigging milk from a stranger's fridge, or even hunting humans. Um, I love the idea oh, of this going into a stranger's fridge and swigging milk. <laughs> I, do, I do like that as a concept, not just with like Elon, but just in general. Uh, mm. Of course, yeah. D- dreaming about a milk swig. Uh, yeah, this is this is one of these one of these sort of happenings. I think one of these things that is going on in the broader culture, and I think people dreaming about it is um, just another example of 
the kind of inculcated helplessness of a world in which we are supposed to, where your main role is as a consumer of what other things produce, and you sort of have to just, the way that you act on the world is by picking what you consume. Uh, The moment that... um, the moment that that sort of very, very limited power gets occluded by anything, I think there's a psychic oh, break where you realize like, yeah, a weird, pa- dumb guy. Like, uh, how many people must have dreamed about Trump during the campaign season and then when he was when he was elected, you know, for the first year or so, where it was oh, just course. like, oh, great, you know, the, the structure of my life is now being materially affected by another weirder, dumber guy who I can't get rid of. He's coming into my house and he's drinking my milk psychologically. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It really, it really, I mean, I do, I, it's hard to shake the allusions to Trump throughout this whole thing, even though folks that I'm talking to just keep making them, you know, and it's, and it makes me like, I keep avoiding it only because it feels too obvious, but mm. it, you can just keep pinning it back to that. I do think that's, that's really there. See, the illusion that I tend to make isn't, um, isn't to Trump, uh, who got what he was looking for and then sort of managed to kind of have some fun with it and kind of make it sort of work for him for at least a while, but to Liz Truss. Like improv. Yeah. To, to Liz Truss. I, 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 I kind of see that because Liz, Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwasang, like, uh, had very similar vibes to Elon Musk in that, like, they thought of themselves as insurgents within the sort of, like, the power structure, whether that's, like, tech or whether that's the Conservative Party. And I, the the idea is, we come in, we do, we move fast, we break things, we present this like radical, disruptive program. It upsets all the right people. Uh, everyone else loves us. It's very successful, and they they presented it, and everyone hated it, and it made sort of like genuine, uh, like by genuine metrics of economic success, it was a failure. Um, and they're just sort of left holding the bag. And I th- yeah. I feel a little bit like that's where Elon is with Twitter. Also, too. like one thing to bear in mind is that the only people that really kind of were on board of the Quasi and Liz Trust thing were all the weird nerds um, mm-hmm. in like all the think tanks and stuff. And like it, with Elon, it's just the same. It's just like the scale is so much bigger. Just sort of hyping yourself up to do the thing. Yeah. And actually, like one one question I really have for you, Mike, like as because we talk about Elon nerds quite a lot. But like, I don't know how much of the actual percentage of people on Twitter are Elon nerds, or whether we just see them so much. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I so just to back up, I had not reported on Elon before. Um, it just his. I never. I'm not a Tesla reporter. I'm not a um, uh, SpaceX or 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 Neuralink reporter. So like, this is a lot of this is new for me, just in the context of him. But I've been writing about Facebook and Twitter and a bunch of tech companies for a long time. And so as I've been sort of doing these stories, I have been flooded with just with it, like literally the weird nerd brigade just like sort of enters my mentions and and is just in, and, and I'm pretty uh, dispassionate, you know, as much as I can be just because of, you know, what m- my job is and how, you know, for better or worse, how they sort of want me to to act on a lot of this stuff. But I, I think the, you know, I'm less like railing against him in certain ways than other folks are. And more just like, here's the shit that he's doing and you can make that judgment. And it's pretty insane shit. And like, and, and it's still like getting brigaded by a bunch of folks who are saying, you just don't appreciate it. And like, and, and the, I, I, I like paying attention to the subreddit too. I don't know if y'all ever look in the Elon Musk subreddit, but oh, that God. has been, truly unhinged it's very bad i don't actually recommend <laughs> it but it's, just, it's been truly unhinged especially as 
more of his haters come in and post like, look at this fucked up thing he's doing. And then the folks pushing back saying, you just don't get it sort of thing. So I think he has broad support. But like, what I'm curious about is if this really crashes his image in a way that he never had to reckon with before, because he's like putting more of himself out there, I think, in the last couple of years than um then people like really got experiences of him in my in, in my opinion because like it was mostly just mythologizing and like the book and the rocket man shit and so now he's like tweeting random conspiracy theories that are poking holes in how let's say like you know climate change activists or or folks who consider themselves liberal are starting to be like oh this guy fucking sucks more than i thought he did you know well it's the um this is uh, this is something actually I have sort of captured for later on as well, which is like, well, that Elon Musk was, in in addition to being a, a creature of Silicon Valley, in addition to being a creature of its kind of, let's say, more um, overtly right wing, um, mm. like say culturally right wing, as well as economically right wing, as opposed to like California ideology. Um, mm. He's also, a, he is, if nothing else, a creature of zero interest rates. He is a creature of um, of, of a <laughs> world great. in which valuations just go up because they go up because it's a place to put money, and where, and especially at the end, right at the end of that period in the sort of as in the sort of twenty eighteen nineteen through to twenty twenty two, there was this phenomenon that a lot of financial journalists, uh, especially like Matt Levine and Bloomberg, referred to as the Elon Musk reality distortion field, which is that which is which is that simply by saying. Uh, I am going to purchase a Dogecoin. He can cause huge fl- fluctuations in its market capitalization by like just m- making lots and lots of people just buy into it. And then the more people know about that, they don't even care what Elon Musk thinks, but they know enough people care what Elon Musk thinks to buy into it. And so on and mm-hmm. so on. And that was the product of his reputation. Again, um, much uh, not just created by himself, but created by um, a lot of the present company excluded world of tech journalists uh, who would frequently just reprint what he oh, would the, the, sort the, of the say years and do. When sort of like all of these people were like, oh, he's you know boy genius, right? Yeah, um, uh, but that he is. It's very funny now that all of those people are like, well, I used to respect him, but now he's changed. He's taken some turn. He's not the same person anymore. Uh, because I I think if you if you go back and look, I don't think that stands up to scrutiny. I think he's always been like this. It's just as as you say, he's like allowed himself more more like more people to see this. He's now because now he's he's locked into posting. He just has to do it, uh, which is you know tremendously bad for anyone. I would say, and his most relatable quality probably. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say yes, I was yeah. going to say he's just like me for real. Yeah. <laughs> The really, the really funny thing though, so is that like increasingly he's sort of now twenty four hour tech support for like weird alt right guys who have extremely petty beefs about their accounts being shadow banned, and because he's like positioned himself in this way, he has to answer Super Hitler fourteen eighty eight being like, why aren't people liking my posts? And he has yeah. to do it within a couple of hours. <laughs> it's yeah, it's he, a hell of his own making. He's like, oh, interesting. I'll look into that. It, it, yeah. is, quite, it, it is quite funny how like. His sort of takeover of well, his, his sort of like actions towards Twitter, where it kind of feels, and I, and I and I like based on what I've seen of the notes, right? I'm sure we'll get mm. into this in more detail. Um, that uh, like he sort of oscillates between being really, really obsessed with Twitter, but also like not really enjoying the whole process very much, and not least mm, because again, a lot of relatable. these guys who are a lot of these guys who are like blowing smoke up his ass and stuff 
um, are now just like Matt Walsh being like Elon. People are keep keep posting this picture of no, no, not Matt Walsh. Uh, James, what's his name? James Lindsay. Conceptual James Lindsay. Yeah. yeah, the man conceptual James. James. Yeah. Conceptual James. Wait till like, these James are too conceptual. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps getting mad, but like people are like posting like pictures of him like next to a known sort of like sex the next cult lady. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you have like various other instances of this as well. Um, and it's just very much, and I, and I, I don't know, I think a lot of it really just comes down to, or from what it seems like you have a lot of people who felt that once Elon took over Twitter, they would like have a really good time on it because they felt that like what was really holding back their posts from getting like fire numbers were like the woke left who were like turning, like turning down the dials on their posts. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder... And then, and then once you sort of, because I had an interaction of one of these accounts the other day where like they had bought a blue check and, you know, all that stuff. And like, despite buying the blue check for what I assume because they want more visibility and more like people to engage with them on Twitter, they were still like only getting about two or three likes per post maximum. Um, and I just like kind of wonder like at what point do these guys sort of realize that like, oh fuck, you know. Never. Um, yeah, this is this it can't is, be because my tweets yeah. suck ass. It's yeah, it must be. The, it must be because there's like one woke left guy in the basement somewhere who keeps turning down the dial on my post specifically. I, I wonder if Liz Truss had like an analog for these guys. I wonder if there were like sort of uh, psycho think tank guys who were about to go into the treasury uh, and thinking I'm going to have a fantastic time in there doing sort of like freedom economics, and we're out within two weeks. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll tell you, there were those guys. It's the woke bond markets people. <laughs> yeah, the woke, the woke yeah, bond yeah, markets yeah. who keep publishing their reports without capital letters. Yeah. They're the ones that are about. They're the ones who keep uh, <clears throat> keeping so, the economy down. So, so, so. I'm, I'm gonna resetting a little bit here. So, what we've said about Elon and Twitter, I think, has largely been proven basically right, which is that he and a group of his weirdest friends uh, have been increasingly radicalized by like slate star, slate star codex or crypto or stories they tell themselves about local politics in San Francisco and thinking about meet free mondays at uc davis they purchased a different mm-hmm. yeah. company Listen than they thought they were schools etc they thought that they were th- they purchased a different company um than they actually purchased and are proceeding to be really strange about it and appear to be driving it into the ground um specifically because of this shared paypal mafia ideology that they all have which is yes. i think described it described as the the cathedral and the bazaar yeah i brought this into the thing so i want to talk about this i i want to say first and foremost I hate that I have to engage seriously with the ideas of a man called Curtis Yarvin. Uh, you may know him as Mencius Moldbug. He has been a huge influence on Peter Thiel and that whole sort of like group. And the crucial thing to remember about him is that he is a deeply stupid and unserious man. However, because his deeply stupid and unserious ideas have seriously influenced deeply stupid people like Elon Musk, we got to talk about them. And so, one of them is this idea of the cathedral. And the cathedral is sort of like, it's it's like baby's first Marxist ideology, right? It's like, wait a second, all of these guys who are in positions of power all seem to have shared interests. Um, but where, you know, your Marxist gets off that train at, yeah, of course they do, because they like, you know, class organizes itself, capital organizes to defend itself, all these things. Your, your moron, like Elon Musk, goes, yeah, because they're all having secret meetings about what the new pronoun should be. And that that organization is is what uh, Yarvin refers to as the cathedral. He's, he's cribbing this from like an old social science book where like two methods of organizing society are the cathedral and the bazaar. And the bazaar is like your sort of libertarian free exchange thing where everyone's all rationally consuming together. 
Um, and so the cathedral is like this, this, this thing, this wokest thing that you know encompasses all modern sort of liberal ideology. And Elon has sort of been led to believe that the cathedral is located within Twitter and it controls what all the posts are. And so now he's got in there. He's found that there isn't a big cathedral button, and so he's just wandering around, opening closets, finding like affinity group T-shirts that say "Stay woke" on them, and going, "Ah, the cathedral." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as someone, who's been, fo- as someone yes. who's been following this for a while, Mike, does that sort of resonate with uh, with you and how he's thinking? No, I think that's really good. I think, um, I mean, it's it's very bad, but I think that's a good uh, uh, synopsis of it. And I, just just one thing um, that really struck me, by the way, Riley, is like I do, I actually have sort of revisited as as my career in tech journalism has gone, like the eras of what tech coverage have looked like, right? And like. Um, uh, I wrote this book on Uber and like a lot of my early Uber coverage was like, look at this sort of ascending uh, company and the valuations are going crazy. And like, this is the, and, and, and I think a lot of tech journalists had to like reset their mindset on a lot of this. And I, I don't think I was one of the worst offenders by any means, but I do think that um, uh, looking at them through the proper lens has been something that's grown over the past few years. And at least folks are like trying to atone for it. Um, I do. Uh, I totally agree. Like it's, it's um, what I was just saying, like there, there are definitely sort of backroom slacks, <laughs> sounds super nerdy backroom slacks and like sort of places where folks uh, who share this sort of thinking, you know, convene and like post tweets from, uh, I mean, me being at the New York Times is probably like the perfect example of like um, cathedral stenographers, you know, mm. for uh, for the woke publication in the United oh, States. Sure. That you you guys get tech. like told what to write by the cathedral. You get like an email in the inbox at nine every morning, right? That's the idea. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I sometimes miss it, but I check my spam. <laughs> uh, no, I, but but that's the sort of that's like the I got into a fight with. Um, Former A sixteen uh, Z Andreessen Horowitz investor the other day because he sort of insinuated that I'm covering Twitter critically because it's a competitor to my company and therefore my bosses are telling me to like do hit pieces, which I mean is absurd on a lot of different levels. But also like think about how much I would have to be invested in the 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 profitability of the new york times in order to change my entire like it's just like all different conceptions of what they think you know worker mentality is what companies are how they sort of uh, move forward but i i do think yeah just to your point alice like this i do think that's a lot of the thinking in there right now i think he's cleaning house specifically with these sort of layoffs and code code reviews that he's making people post of like how much they've done in the past 10 days or, or seven days. Mm. And he wants to recruit um, ideologues that sort of line up behind him because that that's where he's comfortable. And that's how he feels like mission driven, I think, mm. you know, so he wants basically it, it's it's the way I sort of see this. And this is going to come up, I think, again and again, is mm. that. In the f- is that if we understand Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter ideologically as like acting out this cathedral bazaar, um, uh, uh, sort of as we say ideology, uh, this this idea, right? That that fundamentally the guys who are mad at the cathedral, and we see this over and over again, um, they're sort of they're looking for something 
that isn't there or rather when they're talking about like ruling class organization they don't see themselves as part of it uh, no, of they course don't, not. Well, that, yeah, that's but, what that's the advantage of having this like theory of the cathedral is that it allows you as a billionaire to feel like you're an outsider or yeah. an insurgent. Uh, you're not. You're not. You don't have any sort of place in in reproducing the ideology of your class because. But also, also they um they the when you're mad at the cathedral, generally speaking, you're most frequently mad at ads. Like you're mad at the marketing yeah, for power. It's, yeah, it's branding, and it's like. Uh, I, I'm not mad at the existence of Chase Manhattan as a bank. I am mad because Chase Manhattan has a pride float, right? Um, mm. Does do, does the pride float sort of meaningless, meaningfully impact on the way Chase Manhattan does business? Uh, probably not. Have there been yeah. like a lot of criticisms of this kind of like pinkwashing by uh, by queer people? Sure. Is any of that registering? No, of course not. It's like, no, Chase Manhattan is woke now. The Marines are woke now. Whatever. Well, I will, yeah, and, I, and this is kind of like an ultimate form of cope as well, because like the reason why they sort of say this is because when you sort of point out, well, like, you know, in in, in this country, but also like in the US uh, too, it's like, well, kind of conservative, like the left haven't been in power, like, ever, right? Mm -hmm. And like in the case of the UK, like, you know, the conservative right-wing party has been in power for 12 years and I definitely wouldn't say that like the new Labour government before um, was like a kind of like socialist or even sort of left-wing. So, and when they have to sort of acknowledge that and they have to acknowledge that, oh, like, you know, it is kind of like the, you know, it is kind of conservative government and conservative politics, neoliberal politics that have kind of caused this kind of real deterioration in, in uh, living standards. But as you sort of mentioned, like they don't want to sort of see themselves as part of like that decline in which like Elon Musk is very much sort of like a benefactor of like the mm -hmm. post 2008 economy. The way that they sort of square that circle is, well, actually the left own all the cultural institutions and there are no elections and stuff for that. So we can present ourselves as, you know, and Peter Thiel kind of like says this quite directly. Um, you know, we can kind of present ourselves as a true insurgents because not only did we sort of like play the game by the rules, so to speak, but ultimately culture has more influence than politics anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, that sort of yeah. seems to be like where Elon kind of comes from. I don't think that he's a guy who's like read any of the books or like will understand it. Yeah. Oh God, um, no. But I definitely think that there are people he, He's a guy him. who reads tweets and goes, <laughs> interesting. Again, he's just like me for real. Um, but he's <laughs> like someone- to say, shit, is that bad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're telling me that the most credulous racist in the world is easy to red pill? <laughs> but like it, there's like lots of documentation about like Peter Steele and like Peter Steele was like a guy who was like telling Elon to go by Twitter during the moments where he was like oh maybe this might not be a good idea and I should just stay posting um, but like you have guys who are very very much invested who then use Elon to kind of enact this fantasy and Elon can kind of like like see himself and I think ultimately all his behaviour both online and offline is like it's much more like he just wants to have the vibe of like being someone who is liked and seen as cool. Well, um, you know, you can you can kind of prove that the cathedral is like a, a an elite ideology for elites in that it allows no role for sort of like normal people, right? Uh, what we've actually seen there's like the what you might think is an acknowledgement of this within within Teal or Moldberg or anyone else's theories is that like there has been a genuine cultural shift in terms of how we talk about things like racism or homophobia or whatever that these things have become less popular for instance uh but the, the in order to have the theory of this this cathedral it is that that that's a change that is being directed top down by a mysterious 
elite group of a few people. Uh, we're not going to get into who those people are, but maybe we can later in DMs, kind of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of thing. Um, and it, it's it's purely an ideology for people who are used to elites getting their own way all of the time uh, and thinking, oh, well, what, what must be happening is that I'm not, I'm seeing a pride flag when I don't want to because some other elite is doing that because those are the only people who can affect changes. Mm. And, and, and indeed, like, this is, Chase Manhattan, when it puts out a pride, flo- a pride float, is not actually, like, a, any less homophobic organization <laughs> no, the, than the, the other The, the U.S. <laughs> Marines, the, the yeah. U.S. Marine Corps is not, like, necessarily a great place to work if you're, if you're LGBT, like, and is not improved as, mu- as one much by them doing a post that's like, we are actually a good place to work if you're LGBT. They might not mean it, but it doesn't register, doesn't matter. All that is solid melts into posts. Why it's important to talk about this before we talk about the actual nuts and bolts of what's happening at Twitter is I think this is the lens that makes it all make sense to me, mm-hmm. um, which is that basically the the all the railing against woke capital, all the anger at the pride float for Chase Manhattan or whatever is basically these people, they're not it, seeing it as a split within within the elite, right? The, this whole cathedral ideology um, as basically saying they don't disagree with anything that the powerful are doing, except that they wish that the powerful would delight in the exercise of power. They wish it would be yeah. not. They hate that it has a human face to market itself to people, and they wish that it would just have the Terminator skeleton face because they <laughs> because they just love the brutalization, the hierarchies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and that is more South satisfying. Africans love brutalization and hierarchies. It's insane. This is <laughs> also incredibly funny to me because it really just amounts to like we just didn't we just don't want power to be like aesthetically relatable. And it's like almost it's very similar in my mind to like uh, comic book nerds who get really angry when like normies sort of you know. Uh, like present themselves as being like comic book nerds too and like you know that whole kind of thing about oh you're not real or you're authentic if it sort of reminds me a little bit of that which could kind of also make the whole elon kind of, like it could mm. it could like explain a lot of things that's so, all i'm saying uh let's let's go back to sort of tesla to tesla excuse me twitter an equally <laughs> effective company uh let's go back <laughs> to twitter itself um and what's actually happening there right um and i think it's it, what we have is we have um yeah what what is the state of play with twitter like at time of recording uh mike tell us <laughs> what's going uh last i checked he posted a uh uh a 3d printed gun to his timelines and oh and God. apparently drinks a lot of 3d or sorry drinks a lot of uh, uh 3d uh, caffeine <laughs> 3d cokes yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> caffeine free weirdly uh, yeah. It doesn't use coasters. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't. I don't like. I. I feel like I'm most mad at the caffeine-free diet. Coke. Caffeine I can understand. Well, I can. I can understand caffeine-free. Elon, Elon's a hundred percent the type of guy to take a bunch of nootropics that don't do anything, but also not do caffeine because that like affects his thinking. <laughs> so, um, what he what he seems to be doing right right is he has fired an enormous number of people, as you say, Mike, yeah. probably. Probably going to then hire some like people from like the Stanford Conservative Review or whatever uh, to replace yep. them. So we're basically yep. going to have like big gab uh, <laughs> seems to be. Yeah. No, I mean like that's he. So he he cut first. He cut the workforce in half with layoffs that actually gave people severance. Although you know, as of last weekend, as of this weekend, I had talked to folks who were telling me they still haven't received their severance payments. They're worried that they're going to get them at all, even if. 
Uh, and there was a period in which Elon tried not to pay them out, but um, his lawyers calculated that it would cost him more in court to fight than to just pay these people out, which is mm-hmm. the only reason he he chose to do severance. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the, now he's, to give you an example, the latest person he's hired, people he's hired were the two guys who pretended to be laid off Twitter employees and like hoax the media. I don't know if you guys saw that, but yeah. it was oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. the Ligma, Rahul Ligma, like Ligma balls sort yeah, of uh, I did thing. Full, I did full for that. I'm sorry. L for me. No, I, I think I think a lot of folks <laughs> did. I thankfully did not because it would have been super embarrassing for me. But I think the but uh, so like Elon was like, this is the funniest joke in the world. I'm hiring these two kids. And what are they uh, going to do? What do they do? <laughs> they're going to be look. There, there, there need to be people working on Twitter's uh, a meme libraries. We, we need to find a more look. We started uh, with Pepe, and then we got a more racist, improved Pepe in terms of Griper. He was nude, and he was more mischievous. We need a third frog. But the thing is, like Elon doesn't even post that. He, he doesn't even post that many Pepe's. Like all his meme, all his like Twitter memes are like stuff that are like 20, like between 20, like the 2012 earlier memes, right? And they're all like fried and weird, like, and he, uh, so, oh my God. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to go any further. I feel like I'm going to lose my mind if I like talk about his post. <laughs> the, 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 the thing about all of Elon Musk's companies, right, is that they accrue, they grow on them like mold, a certain amount of like Elon related bullshit. Um, like yes. you have to do, you have to be, you must be at least this epic to write, right? Uh, and so <laughs> the problem with Twitter is that all of his other companies have this sort of like layer of insulation. They have like enough, uh, like enough sort of company underneath them. Tesla does at least make cars. They might have to recall half of them and they might kill <laughs> your kid, but they do make a car. There is a product involved. SpaceX makes a rocket. Twitter. Uh, he's cut everything that like makes it happen, and the mold is growing. Like it's sort of it's dragging it down because it's much much weaker than either of these previous companies were because it doesn't have other shit going on. It can't support the weight of all of the memes. Well, it, or more specifically, <laughs> SpaceX has like all of what used to be NASA's budget, and then yeah, um, and yes. then Tesla has carbon credits. And that's what supports all of the other stuff and allows again another thing that I think I wonder if you've seen Mike is other people coming out of the woodwork from his other companies to post about how there were whole teams of people who were there to insulate the company from Elon. Yeah. Oh my God. That was so good. That, that, that tweet thread. I think, by the way, I think the next thing you're going to see is subsidized memes, uh, probably from the government when he starts lobbying. No, no, the, uh, so that, that was the most fascinating psychology or look into his psychology for me. And I, I've had other folks, just to, to recap, there are folks on Twitter saying like, hey, I worked for him. He had this like coterie of folks at the top, uh, but really even across the company whose job it was to, to manage him. Right. And I think that I think that is both specific to him, but also specific to billionaires and like this type of person, I think too, like, I think that you could probably say um, it's not a one-to-one comparison, but Zuckerberg is similarly surrounded Mm. by sort of folks who know how to handle him or Bezos when he was at the top or whatever. Like I definitely think, and, and, but, but, but for Musk, it's specific in that he's like, folks are like, all right, we know you're like the visionary, but also, you know, quote, quote, unquote, visionary, but also like, we need to like do things. We need the company to like work. And so, 
uh, here, here's some stuff to distract you, or here's a way that we know that you will like this thing that we're pitching. So this is how we sort of present it. And it seemed to work. And none of those people, the reason it's so chaotic at Twitter right now is because none of those people are there. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have the court jester uh, entertaining him while like, <laughs> you know, dad actually like runs the fucking business or whatever. So I think that it feels even more mm-hmm. chaotic now. And I'm wondering, someone was telling me, they're like, he needs a COO, a chief operating officer to come in and like do stuff while he can fucking like do psilocybin in the desert with his buddies who are like which is what he kind of wants to do anyway you know mm-hmm. so and then like throw off random ideas in the meantime uh many of which uh were already sort of in the works inside of twitter that he's now taking credit for basically mm-hmm. oh that's he's never done that at a different company before <laughs> <laughs> what i think is interesting and what i think i think the difference if there is a difference between the way that he is managed and the way that Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos are managed is that neither of them have really committed themselves to this sort of like ideology that is anti themselves, right? I I think a lot of this sort of like insulation around him is if you know, go back to cathedrals and bazaars, right? It's a bunch of guys throwing up market stalls around him to be like, yep, this is this is definitely the bazaar to a guy who is wearing a sort of like episcopal mitre and and like vestments. Yeah, it, he is. He has essentially purchased a very large house and is ripping the co- copper wire out of the walls, trying to find the cathedral. Uh, yes! like, it's in yeah. here somewhere. I know it's in here somewhere. Uh, and when we talk about ripping the copper wire out of the walls, right? We're talking about not just firing the people who actually like maintain a lot of those code libraries, which are again, this is totally unsurprising to me, right? Uh, rickety, often. Um, sort of legacy uh, systems all built on top of one another because most of these tech companies or a lot of companies, in fact, how they actually work is that they solve problems in the short term and their goal is just to keep everything ticking over for now. Oh, yeah. Which I mean, I know, means- no one who's who's used Twitter could say that Twitter was like not wasteful or was like always efficient. Right. Every every employee I've ever talked to has said it's built on like popsicle sticks. And I think they use Ruby. I'm not a coder, but like I think they use like Ruby and like legacy code that is just not great for infrastructure. And so he's coming into an already sort of fucked up foundation and further fucking it up, I guess. And and specifically, he's getting rid of the people who know how to how to do that is like is the guy is like Keck Himmler 1488. So whoever he's going to hire from Stanford, you know, is that guy going to know Ruby? Unlikely. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I think the right wing sort of tech complex is much smaller than some of some of the others, because generally speaking, if you want to like become influential in like a, in a right wing movement, if you want to do sort of like Keck Himmler 1488 stuff, you don't really learn to write code. You learn to write laws, right? And like the sort of like the right wing law school pipeline is significantly much is like much more bloated than this. And we've seen the sort of like legislative effects of that. Uh, tech, you know, it's, it's not really as prevalent, and the sort of the, the the culture there is different in a way that is less conducive for the moment. For now, we'll see. We'll see uh, to sort of like smuggling this stuff in. I think that's really interesting. I mean, I think there's, he has this stranglehold on, I mean, this is not even unique to him, right? Like the idea of like build, 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 like, like anyone who's not like building something is a waste or something that you don't need, someone that you don't need to care about or something. And I Mm. think that he's like the Pied Piper of those folks, you know, more than 
more than Zuckerberg, more than Andreessen Horowitz or a lot of these companies. But but I agree, like uh, the the sort of um, immediate impact, or at least the the immediate impact on uh, on laws, I guess, is not as felt, you know, right away, you know, in 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 the sort of tech pipeline. But I do th- I do wonder, and probably think those might converge over time. And and like mm. one of the one of the things that tech always has uh, a history of is like just out. I mean, it's like by its nature outpacing regulation just because they're just building new things faster than, you know, regulators can keep up with. But, uh, um, but yeah, I think they've also, there's like a, a line of technologists who also are recognizing that getting the, getting the JD is going to get them, you know, moved faster in, in how they can shape culture. And that's, that's becoming, and those Stanford grads are like the ones who are thinking about that. I think that's mm. the other thing that folks ascribe like sort of liberal ideology to the Bay area or to San Francisco. And I think it really has changed quite a bit um, in the past, you know, 10 years alone, basically. So it's just, it's a different landscape. Well, I think if we want to just sort of sort of go back into a little bit of that um, Cathedral Bazaar, PayPal Mafia ideology, I think it works to remember that it is deeply ensconced in tech solutionism as well, because mm-hmm. the, I, the concept of tech solutionism is there is a problem if only someone would just be smart and capable enough to solve it, and was unafraid of tipping sacred cows or breaking things that exist or whatever in order to engage in some Shemptarian creative destruction. And when you look at what the sort of right-wing tech salute, what, what, what that uh, ideology demands, I think the place where its demands are sort of clearest and most related to what politicians can actually do is San Francisco local politics, which is basically, and their demands are, we, if only someone would be brave enough to let the police do what they needed to do, right? Yeah, the then cops should have yeah. mortars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I should never have to see a homeless person. But of that, this nature. that is essentially a, a lineup between right-wing politics and tech solutionism. And the, the, the class pans of those two things are, if only someone would do something, if only someone would build something, if only someone would get elected in Britain and then remove the top tax rate, then everything else would just fall into place. Mm-hmm. It's the belief that with enough vigorousness and power you can through your own sort of heroic greatness rest into being a better world you just have to crush everything that's in your way whether you're facebook moving fast and breaking things whether you're elon musk deciding that the only people we're going to hire are the ones who are just writing the most lines of code not even the best code the most inefficient coders they stay because they're building more (laughs) or whether you are trying to get rid of a progressive da in san francisco because he's not turning on the punish button he's not building the prison you know it's it's that these this is these it's 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 ludicrous to imagine i think really it was uh, it was unusual that tech solutionists would be at all progressive because what they're really what what tech solutionism is what build 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 is what all of these things are is just a kind of um aestheticization of speed of breaking things it's italian futurism it's italian style <laughs> fascism <laughs> wow um that's very astute and these things are the same thing um but we I also think there's a, so go ahead, oh sorry go ahead no, no, please, please 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 oh i was just gonna say the one sort of thing that i am seeing as a pushback to that is there is a i think a small but growing sort of undercurrent 
of leftist techies that are sort of seeing this and are aware of it and are bothered by it. You know, I don't, Mm. I don't think it's as large as the, the pretty right wing sort of impulse to, you know, you know, pretty to strongly support punishment and uh, policing, you know, hardcore policing in San Francisco and, and just sort of tamped down in a way that I think a lot of the, the folks who got rich during the Facebook IPO and the, and the Uber and Twitter IPOs, more like early 2010 IPOs uh, are the ones who sort of identify with that. But there's like a, a younger class of, of Googlers uh, and even some Facebook people, interestingly enough, that are, that are pushing back on it. And that ideology is, is very interesting to me. It's, it's more complicated just in that it's, kind of tangled up with the companies and like what the, you know, what the companies sort of mean and stand for. But I think that is, I think that exists and is, is happening more uh, in the Bay area than, than, than let's say like the past few years. Well, if the, that makes sense. the way I would see that breaking down is that if you look at, at Google, for example, like has, there are, there has a history of work of developer uh, organizing at Google to like, the protest against working with like Project Maven or whatever. So, like so many things, the 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 dividing line comes with: Are you are you as a like tech worker identifying with your other workers, or are you identifying with your boss? And mm. it's if you identify with the boss, then you go and reply to Elon and you say, um, "Oh my God, I I love that you made uh, a third frog, but can you please uh, just credit me as having invented <laughs> the third frog?" <laughs> Uh, I, I don't even need you to. Pay. I'll still pay you the eight dollars. Just please tell everyone that this new ruder, nakeder frog was actually my creation. I love you. Please kill me with a car. Um, please run me over with the Tesla. Yeah, uh, yeah. and and so so this, but this is just back to sort of what what he's doing as well, right? He's not just firing the people who know how like the popsicle sticks and tape and gum that Twitter is built on actually work. He's also firing huge swaths of people that, let's just say, I don't think he knows why they're important yet. Uh, Mm -hmm. This is, for example, the entire Brussels office. Now, I don't think, again, as someone who is obsessed (laughs) with... European regulation? What does that mean? Not (laughs) important. As, As someone who is obsessed with the cathedral, all he sees are uh, agents of the cathedral trying to stop him or drag him down or or maybe whose job was to continue the kind of homeostatic self-preserving elite cathedral yeah, well, that he was I mean, railing if, against. If 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 you're if you're looking for some kind of like rules obsessed kind of scolding schoolmarmish like liberalism you really can't hit on a larger or slower target than the European Union. Um, however, which however, not yes. The Brussels offices of a lot of tech companies they exist to have places for former Eurocrats to go and work to get great salaries so that while they're being Eurocrats, they don't, for example, enforce data protection laws on you. <laughs> and he yeah. doesn't seem to fucking understand that. <laughs> so he's basically, yeah. he's basically like has his, his one division that doesn't do much. And it, the only exi- reason that division exists is to go take a suitcase of money and put it in <laughs> front of a very big, scary door once a week. And yeah, then it's, it's, nothing it's like, bad it's the, happens. The, the new mob boss who's like, why are we even paying off these cops? They don't do anything. That's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. And, and so, and he's starting to r- run into that like immediately. Like that, the, the funny thing, I was talking to the Bunta guys about this, just sort of like how quickly the dismantling is having those effects, you know, like, oh, like, 
when I piss off, you know, uh, or when I when I unban, you know, th- you know, thousands of folks who are banned for a particular reason, and our advertisers suddenly get super squeamish. Now I now I have to fund this myself. Like what the fuck? Like uh, like why is this happening? But but it's it's just more swift than I would have ever expected it to happen. Basically, well, it's because they're the uh, the advertisers. They're all in the cathedral too. You know, <laughs> the, we yep. need. Because Apple hates free speech in America because because of, again, a bunch of reasons that they'll just sort of oh, come well, up with. He hasn't quite gotten there yet. What he's saying is about, like, the woke left. So oh, because- no, he. this is literally something he has oh, said. Oh, as he said, yeah. okay. Because last time I checked, it was like the cathedral, in this case, were telling the advertisers not to be on the platform. So now he's gone No, the the, the, the advertisers are actually they in, are the in the cathedral as well. Also, okay, Apple, yeah, they have a little ultimate. The cathedral just keeps growing. They keep building out new wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is, it's the because the only explanation... For anything that isn't an immediate success, once again, the right people are in power. Once the mm-hmm. um, you know the hard rain has come and swept away the uh, former bureaucrats or, or all this stuff, once that happens, the only explanation can be clearly there's a bit of the cathedral in here I haven't found. I need to go rip out more copper wire until I find <laughs> it. God, um, and it's like it's it, and he immediately. Th- this is the problem too. Is like. He's gassed up twenty four seven by all the folks on Twitter that yes, gassed up by the folks twenty four seven and nothing else. <laughs> right, 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 and 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 like his sort of staunchest supporters, like the like you were saying, David Sachs, who's PayPal Mafia, and uh, Jason Calacanis, um, and uh, there's a guy Shriram Krishnan who's a sixteen Z, like just like folks who fully believe in I mean he is to many tech folks like the second coming of Steve Jobs because they want this sort of like figurehead person who was the visionary and none of the other tech CEOs have stepped up to that in in their minds like this guy is the guy and him failing is him failing immediately is because of me at the New York Times writing pieces that are mean to him or uh, or advertisers who have the woke mind virus or, you know, just any host of excuses that are coming up. And it's just, it's very, it's because of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The trash future podcast. It's very weird to see play out in real time, but it's, it's, it's happening. (laughs) Uh, But one of the things I think we can come to as well, right. Is that this ideology is the product of isolation. It is the Mm. product of the wealthy and too much time on the computer. No, no I, well, I partly yes, but also partly the wealthy and the powerful, especially again, since the financial crisis, the widening gulf between the wealthy and powerful, whether that's the politically powerful, the, the wealthy, etc., between them and the normal concerns of most people, I think is evident in the fact that um, they are burning huge amounts of money. And again, this is also true when Liz Truss and Kwasi Kwarteng take over Britain, right? The huge gulf the insulation of the world in which they live from the actual concerns of regular people. Like, fucking... Like, of course they're putting off all their advertisers because Volkswagen doesn't give a shit about the cathedral. Volkswagen wants to sh- wants to sell Volkswagens, and Volkswagen has an idea, because they do a lot of market research, of what normal people think. They don't read fucking Mensch's Moldbug to figure <laughs> out what... No- if you read Mensch's Moldbug, then... And that's mostly what you do when you look at the I comments of Mensch's Moldbug. I just want to Hondas, and now yeah. they got me demolishing this fucking cathedral. <laughs> then you will think that most normal people actually care 
about the cathedral or more likely to explain why most normal people don't care about the cathedral. Then they'll read more Mench's Moldbug and be like, oh, that's because they're hobbits who want a grill and we're dark elves and they're other elves. <laughs> and so in this it's infinite, but all these infinite explanations. I cannot stress yeah. enough how how much dumber the shit gets the more you read of it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the more that yeah, it's true, but that fundamentally, right, it's these are people who have swept into these institutions expecting that when they do the weird shit that they and their friends have been talking about for ages, that they will usher in a second, a, a second coming of, of a paradisal age. And, you know, and this is, I think, again, like driven by the fact that the rich have gotten so much richer, so, so much richer. And the and people have gotten so alienated and depoliticized that it's very difficult for them to make what they actually want heard. And so really, you just get people who live in a different fucking universe talking to one another, arguing about what the world should look like. Should there be a cathedral here? And meanwhile, any normal person who's looking can see there is no cathedral there. There's nothing there. Mm, it's a Wendy's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I was thinking about... I'm in the middle of procrastinating writing another book right now, but I, I've, I've been thinking about like how Zuckerberg has um, grown up in Silicon Valley. Like literally most of his adult life has been in this one place in Silicon Valley, um, surrounded by the same people, the same thinkers. He and Mark Andreessen are very connected cerebrally, uh, emotionally. And I think the, uh, and a lot of the ultra wealthy who rocketed to that position very quickly with again riding on the advent of the iPhone and like you know funding these startups that cert turn into billion dollar unicorns um, in a very short amount of time compared to wealth accumulation in the past um they they haven't experienced life in any other way as like an adult human being that goes through struggle and that goes through conflict in their real life and that goes through like having to be around uh, unhoused people or or like city problems or whatever, and then just sort of broadcast their vision of what the future should be like and then and then are are shocked when there is any sort of pushback and then that's when like to your point, just that's when the sort of conspiratorial thinking kicks in and they all start sort of retreating and i I absolutely think that's more prevalent now than 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 was ever before at least with with valley thinkers and sort of the people at mm. the top. Well, it's not even I think that they start retreating. It's that they try they try the thing. And then because they live in a sort of cartoon soft world, they try to do the thing in the <laughs> real world. And like, like, again, like you bring up Zuckerberg. You know, I, I think that um, Zuckerberg is kind of doing the same thing to Meta that Elon's doing to Twitter, just slower and less dramatically. By trying to fund what is essentially a a fantasy that he has, because he can't imagine a world in which um, maybe people don't want to go into the office, but he can't imagine a world in which people want to go and actually see one another. That seems odd. Why can't they just like have poker nights in uh, you know um, uh, in the Nintendo Wii Home or whatever? I I kind of have like not sympathy per se, but I can understand where Zuck comes from in the sense of like. Facebook has obviously had like a, a you know a huge like impact on the entire world, and you can sort of see that in like a material way. And like regardless of how like fucked and broken and just like stupid Meta is, like I don't think you can deny like the impact that Facebook has had. And why that would sort of convince him to sort of be like, okay, well I think based on what 
the success mm. of Facebook, how I've kind of seen this. The thing like with Elon that's very funny is that because he hasn't invented anything and because he sort of bought this website, he's coming at it entirely from like a user's position. So it's not even the case of like, I remember the impacts of like Facebook from when it was like the website where like you kind of like perved on Harvard women to what it is now. Like no, Elon's is very much the Babylon like, B getting banned. <laughs> Elon, Elon's a guy who's <laughs> yeah. just like, he, he wanted to be a drug dealer keeps like getting high on his own supply but just thinks that it's really great and then he just got a bunch of money to just get loads and loads of cocaine because he wants <laughs> to be like the biggest drug dealer but he keeps eating his own supply um and i i guess i can like because he sort of comes out face, but he keeps eating coke <laughs> off the desk i look I'm, just, a, like, I'm, a good, I'm, I'm a good boy who went to religious school i only ever smoke weed um i understand that is how you do cocaine that's right yeah you eat you make you make it's it big you make clump. it into yeah you make it into a nice cake and you have it yeah no, wait what, what the what? hell how come the coke spoon is so small <laughs> <laughs> What I, what well, I that's mean. why you see like cops rub yeah. it on their gums. You know? <laughs> that's right. Please that's go right. ahead. No, I mean, all I was going to say was that because he's coming at it from the perspective of a user, like for him, this is very much like I'm having a great time on this website with all my friends who keep telling me I'm cool and like really funny. Yep. And like his sort of Twitter strategy is very much is based on the idea that if he's having a great time, then everyone else is having a great time. And the people who aren't great are having a great time are the haters who are all in the cathedral doing the eyes wide shut, like uh, <laughs> fucking ritual to like Which we uh, admonish him specifically. The, the, other, the other thing, this isn't like strictly speaking related, but the one thing I, I do think about when I think about like isolated rich people, especially isolated tech rich people, is that they're all giant nerds who are like, uh, you know, we've all read the articles about bunkers, obsessed with the idea of the apocalypse, right? We're gonna, like, shit's gonna pop off and, and Zuckerberg is gonna have to go to Hawaii or New Zealand and, like, seal himself in a bunker with a bunch of, like, um, you know, uh, academy guys who have shot collars on so they don't kill him. Um, and th th all of those guys were like prime for the apocalypse to happen, and then we had like a two-year-long pandemic that kind of felt alternately like it was the apocalypse, but also you were going insane and it wasn't. I don't think that's been good for anybody's mental health, least of all these guys. Um, mm. I think probably being a billionaire was one of the worst ways to experience the pandemic psychologically in terms of what it did to you, short of being on the front lines of it. I think it genuinely like damaged a lot of these guys. And I think and I and I and I also wonder whether um like because you know the the sort of one of the sort of like parts of the whole ideology um that underpins both like trustism and also uh, like tech guys is the idea that like when the apocalypse comes like you know they're going to sort of be needed more than ever right and they can remember sort of when Elon these, said like, he was going to make ventilators that's right and yeah then he, he never did but like these you know these sort of like fantastical leaders that are sort of going to save society and like all the sort of haters in the New York Times are going to be really sorry when they have to like beg Elon Musk for like one of his two ventilators which he didn't <laughs> create um, and then what you end up realizing is that actually no like these guys are fucking useless like they're bad at what they do anyway way and they don't really have any new ideas and like the ideas that they did have and the effects of them really suck like you know the sort of general attitude i imagine to social media or like the social media platforms are like i imagine they're sort of like broadly pretty negative maybe average but certainly like no one sort of like talking about them in glowing terms in the way that they did like a decade ago and i do wonder whether like part of this resentment from tech guys 
comes and you can see it in like crypto spaces as well comes from this idea that like they really want to desperately see not just as cool but like the saviors of humanity right they desperately want to kind of they want the deification that steve jobs got and like steve jobs died at the right time because like god forbid like you know if he was still around like you know i, I don't know if you, so like they want like the steve jobs deification they've now sort of like they're not going to get it but like because they've wanted it so badly like what's coming out is just this real kind of resentment and they're just like blaming people for not getting what they feel like they deserved mm. also i, I want to go back to something you said a little earlier hussein which i think is uh, also very revealing of wh- how they are choosing to run the company which is that they're thinking of it as a user because they're not thinking of it as a company with advertisers. They're not thinking about it as a company that like needs to meet yeah. a bunch of standards <laughs> yeah. that, that that are set by other powerful organizations. Mm-hmm. Again, not for reasons that are inscrutable to them. Apple isn't secretly woke. Apple has obligations to other advertisers and so has to enforce certain policies about what it can put in its app store. Apple has obligations to countries, right? That it's 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 a way of seeing the and it's not saying like. I'm not sort of trying to suggest as uh, that I'm in any way some kind of a conservative who thinks these things are good, but uh, rather that these things are just much more complex than the person who sees Twitter primarily not as the pile, not as all uh, number one, all of the employees yeah. who know how to maintain the tape and gum, well, or the yeah. tape and gum, or the advertiser relationships, who just sees it as the timeline, and that the yeah. timeline mm-hmm. appears magically. And that there are people who are like making the timeline better or worse or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that fully like, automated luxury uh, space capitalism. Yeah, indeed. And so, in that, mm. by and the fact is that they're seeing it as users. They don't see. Be, they, it's almost like a kind of um, incredibly stubborn commodity fetishism among the only people who really if they want to be good capitalists should not be commodity fetishists yeah well i think this is like i was saying this on like paris's podcast quite recently and mike you probably like know more about this as like someone who kind of understands the industry at a much like broader level but like i think the kind of main contradiction with elon has always been that he's actually he's always wanted to be a poster and like he's just wants he just wants to post on the platform and he had like a good time doing it and then somehow he kind of got convinced like that oh well if you enjoy love if you enjoy posting so much you should own it um, and that way you can sort of shape it in your own image and like everyone can j- enjoy it in the same way that you can. But then what he's finding is like the contradiction. And this is like something that I think well, what sets him apart from Zuckerberg is that like Zuckerberg still thinks of Meta, I believe, as a business. He'd like it to sort of be something more. Um, but I think that like there is at least a good part of him is it's like, OK, Meta sort of has to work commercially and everything. Whereas like Elon has never kind of really had that before because again, like he's never like invented anything really. Like he's kind of bought his way into companies and sort of like used the sort of post-recession economy as a way to boast bolster his own personality and his own like, you know, PR team and just like the kind of the company itself. So then he comes onto Twitter where he like Im- Im- he approaches it as a user, but as a very specific kind of user. And he realizes that no, to run a platform, like not only do you have to kind of think about all the kinds of users on your platform and how they interact with each other, but also like the way in which your platform, which doesn't really make that much money and is quite small compared to like all the competitors, how it even survives in the first place. And as you mentioned, like part of that is, you know, it's very fragile system architecture and like how you sort of maintain that. 
Um, it also means like, how do you sort of placate your biggest advertisers who probably don't want to be on a platform where there is like fucking Nazis and, you know, weird, you know, and has a reputation for like spam bots and stuff like that. Um, and because he hasn't really thought it, and because he's going to think about that really, really late, like the result is that you're sort of having a platform that is like declining, but he is not necessarily publicly accepting that just yet. And what I do wonder is that when he does, when he does have to accept that, like how his sort of like ride or die guys who have sort of like propelled him this far, how they're going to respond to it. It's a, I mean, I really, uh, I think the perfect example of, cause I absolutely agree that he's approaching as a user. I think the perfect example of that is the blue check controversy, the self induced mm. controversy that yeah. he sort of <laughs> fucking shot himself in the foot immediately. But it was, it was the idea of, and this is something that, I approach differently because I have seen it as a utility for a long time. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm a journalist. This is why I have it. If there's someone impersonating me or if like there's a political account that I need to make sure is them or whatever, that's how I see this sort of system, you know, for better or worse. I think it's still been shitty and imperfect for a long period of time. But like the uh, there's this particular subsection of users who believe that it it signifies status. It signifies mm. sort of maybe maybe it's an exemplification of this cathedral sort of you know oh absolutely person mm. yeah right? the bricks like, of the cathedral are blue ticks. It did get 100%. me into Soho. I mean, mine did get me into Soho House once. So <laughs> who's to say whether that's good or bad? Yeah, so please go on. Go on. I think that's bad. Uh, I uh, I I no, but it, and so his solution to that was to say anyone can buy a, a blue check, which, you know, automatically sort of fucks up how the system has, the imperfect system has worked for years and uh, and threw a bunch of gears in the, uh, or wrenches in the gears as far as uh, verification, who is who they say they are, who, uh, like, if if sort of important people or, or companies or whatever decide like the, the fake Eli Lilly decides to tank the real Eli Lilly's market cap because they said insulin <laughs> is free, which is probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. But, but like, but this sort of, uh, he just immediately fucked it up because of his conception of how f- folks in his sort of circle and his poster circle think of that. And, and then you see advertiser flight because of course they, they don't want instability or whatever. So, I, I, I'm curious, I think to your, I don't know who's saying it was you, but I think to your point of like, when the reckoning comes of like, maybe he can't, maybe he can't do it all or something. I still think the diehard enthusiasts will point to the New York times or will point to like the, uh, the, the masses of haters who didn't let him do it because, mm. Because we don't believe or whatever, which yeah, I think is like yeah. the, the the default sort of safety mm-hmm. way. I guess of, it's sort. Of, I was gonna say. I guess it's like sort of like this whole Trump thing, where it's just like the sort of excuse that they made about like Trump not be building the wall and all that stuff is just like oh well, basically the cathedral stopped him from doing that, right? Yeah, the cathedral full of pedophiles stopped him from doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so and if yeah. we want to talk, by the way, about some of that reckoning, I think it might have lurched closer today as uh, Elon is now posting that he's going to go to war with Apple. Uh, which I am certainly <laughs> smart. Okay, yeah. that's that's yeah. where the cathedral is. It's in Tim <laughs> Apple's house. <laughs> uh, again, and where Apple is, a- Apple is uh, basically just a gigantic, uh, you know, it's, Apple is basically a gigantic barge with trillions of dollars on it. 
um, that incidentally makes iPhones, um, <laughs> and uh, it has its app store and again uses well, its monopoly. Depending on how the mass group incident shakes out at the moment, so jury's still out in the making iPhones, but 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 uh, that it uh, it is it also is again has is a huge monopolist over um, app production. And again, what Elon what Elon and his friends see is that Apple has some kind of a global homo agenda. And that they are trying to keep the free speech from happening because somehow free speech, like genuinely free speech, is a is would be a problem for Apple because then people would like send that meme of the many little fish um, engulfing the shark to one another because Apple wouldn't throttle them. And then they would all put on the V for Vendetta masks and like go, you know, <laughs> yell at Tim Apple until he like says that you can say whatever you want until he finally unthrottles Cat Turd to his post. That's kind of the chain of reasoning. Um, that's going on here, right? What they don't see is they don't see that Apple through their Apple through their App Store because they want to keep being a trillion dollar company, and we're and and we're like, and let's say weren't as directly just a beneficiary of being boosted by forces outside their own control as say Elon and all his friends were, right? That they need to actually be concerned. <laughs> With with the real world around them, they need to be concerned with, say, complying with laws and the jurisdictions in which they operate. They need to be concerned that they don't scare off like people that might might want to advertise with them on the apps that they do sell. They want to keep their position as a monopolist, which means that they need their higher barriers to entry. If you want to look at like where the various cathedrals are, it's just it's just people work. It's just companies like Apple say maintaining a monopoly over the app store so they can continue charging 30 percent of all app sales yeah but like there's no like again if if, if you want there it's just that if you want to know where the cathedral is we will have to sit down for this introductory lecture about uh class structure and about ideology right (laughs) and so the idea that he's going to he so he once again he's going to war but with an enemy that he's imagined and he's mm-hmm. tilting at a windmill that can deploy a trillion dollars to crush him. <laughs> can I just say that Apple is actually a very large advertiser for Twitter? Like, this is well, I was talking to a source over the weekend who was saying, like, him fucking with Apple is is just like again self inflicted wounds because they for them the, advertising on Twitter is a rounding error. For for Twitter, it is a significant portion of their revenue. And so, to what you were saying earlier, Riley, like, I don't. We're not saying these systems are good, but we're saying that they, that some of these players live in reality, at least. And and like to your point, like Tim Tim Apple wants to maintain his hold on where he is, and so plays by the rules in these certain things. And I think there are folks in tech who would say, "Well, that's why we like Elon because he doesn't play by these rules, and because he he is like a mover and shaker or whatever, like is willing to buck against it." But like the his conception of what those forces holding him down are is just so removed from reality a lot of the time that I wonder. Well, again, what because that he's approaching like. all of this as a user and like he's just sort of reacting to things at the moment, right? So, mm. like, on the one hand, it's like Globo Homo that's like the enemy. Then it's uh, advertisers like miscellaneous. Now it's like specifically Apple. But then, like, it's also like Taylor Lorenz. Like, I, I like, is all like the problem is. 
is that like his opponent keeps changing because he keeps on like reacting to people in the same way that like people who thought that getting a blue check would get them invited into like whatever fucking club that the blue checks are in, mm. realizing that this club doesn't exist. Now just oh, no, kind of has to turn two can get into Soho House. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now like now having to sort of like justify the decision that they made, but also just to sort of signal that like you know, I'm actually laughing and not crying at all. And yeah, so he's he's approaching this exactly as and I've and I've and I've kind of just said to people like on various shows, like, if you want to understand what he's doing, like think of him as just a like think of him as a Twitter user who has suddenly been given like the the steering wheel. Mm. Uh, I was talking to um again the Bunta crew about this and it feels like a super monkey's paw situation. Like imagine being the richest sort of man in the world and now you've you know actually i was talking about in the context of imagining being the richest man in the world but also you are you know profoundly unfunny and can't actually do the one thing you want to do which is do good posts but like that but also like dog catching the car and realizing that all the things he believed or maybe realizing all the things he believed are not true and 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 half the people on twitter now are just yelling at him all day for all the things he's fucking up rather than just only his mentions being filled with people that love him all the time. So it's and and it's that's weird. as as you say, the dog catching the car it's been chasing. That's why I always reject the Trump comparison and say it's trust. Mm. It's trust. <laughs> He's Liz Trust. <laughs> Perhaps one of the least credible people in the entire world. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,